You guys can have a seat. Howdy. There we go. My name is Austin Hornung, and I'm on staff here at Grace College. (laughs) And um, this summer, we are studying the Psalms, as we were saying. And we are looking at Psalm 66 this morning, which Kaylin read. And this is a song of praise. And so we're going to look at what it means to praise the Lord. The, the Psalms are a variety of things. We'll look at several throughout the course of the summer. And the, there's a reason that a third of your Bible is poetry and songs. Because we were not just made to think about the Lord. We were made to feel about him. So he wants to meet us even on an emotional level. So if you have a Bible with you this morning, go ahead and turn to Psalm 66. That's where we'll be hanging out. But if you guys, just so you know a little bit about me, um, this is my fiance, Ashley. Yeah, yeah, we got engaged on Valentine's Day this year and we'll be married before this Psalm series is over. So um, I'm here in June. Dylan and another guy, Ben, on staff will be teaching in July. But I met Ashley in a Bible study my senior year of college, and um, we didn't really get to know each other until we were both fellows about a year later. And she works at Southwood, so if you're looking around like, where's this girl at? She's at Southwood. Uh, She works over there. But um, Ashley and I are in the middle of wedding planning. And as I was praying for this sermon and the wedding, I realized there were a lot of similarities between the two. So planning a wedding involves a lot of communication between you and your fiancé in a variety of different ways. You sit down and you have conversations where you choose this thing or that thing for the registry, and you send texts back and forth about, hey, have you done this or have you done that? And you sit down and you have dinner and you don't talk about any wedding stuff because you're just tired and you just need some time to remember why you're doing it in the first place. And then the second thing you do is you send out invites. You invite people to come witness this event. And actually, I don't know if you know this, you do it twice. You send an invite saying, hey, we're going to invite you to this thing. And then you actually do it. I don't understand. It's what you do. Um, so you invite people to it because you want them to come and celebrate with you and experience this like, great moment with you. And then the third thing is you remember. For the rest of your life, you look back on that time and remember how God moved and brought you together and how much you love one another. And the reason I say that is because praising God, we'll see in Psalm 66, follows these same three things. The ways we can praise him are by communicating with him, inviting others into what he's doing, and by remembering what he's done. And so we, we talk about praising the Lord a lot. It's um, just in the book of Psalms alone, it's, we're told to do it in 247 different verses. But what does that really mean? Because saying praise the Lord, or hallelujah, which is what that means, or uh, PTL, raised hand emoji. Um, You're not actually praising the Lord when you're doing that. You're telling someone else to do that. So how how do we go about praising him? And so that's what we're going to look at this morning, is these three practical ways we can put praising the Lord, not as just telling other people to do it, but actually doing it ourselves. So the first way that we can praise the Lord is by communicating with him. So if you look at Psalm 66, it starts out by saying, shout out praise to God, all the earth. Sing praises about the majesty of his reputation. Give him the honor he deserves. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Because of the great 
Because of your great power, your enemies cower in fear before you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. So as I said, praise psalms are one of the four categories we're going to look at this summer. And all praise psalms kind of have this same general flow to them. They start out with a call to praise, which is your hallelujah or your PTL or whatever you want to say. They call to praise, and then they give a cause for praise, and they end with some kind of conclusion. And the first nine verses of Psalms, or Psalm 66 does that, fits that pattern exactly. So who, who is he telling to praise the Lord? Well, if you look at verse 1, it's all the earth. It's everybody. And we can kind of think sometimes that this is a New Testament idea that everybody is supposed to praise the God. Sometimes we can get caught up, well, was it just Israel that was supposed to praise God? And he kind of, no, it's very clear. Psalms is in Old Testament book, and throughout the Old Testament, it is very clear that God has always been wanting to reach everybody, and his goal is that everyone would praise him. And so, in these first three verses, we get three different ways that we can praise the Lord. We can shout, we can sing, and we can say things to him. Um, And I don't know about you guys, but I've never really shouted praise to the Lord before. That was kind of an interesting one as I went through this. I've I think I've shouted at him before, but I don't think it was praise. I think I was upset. But shouting out praise, I, maybe maybe that's an application to go home after this and try shouting praise. But I think with the, something better to take from it is to generate excitement about the things of God. Check out this. And, okay, never mind. We won't check out that. There was a video, but it seems to have disappeared. That's all right. So there's this video <laughs> of this kid who's really excited as he opens a Nintendo 64. You might have seen it before. Um, he is like screaming, and there's no doubt in your mind that he's excited about it. And that's just the thing. Shouting shows that you're excited, and it generates excitement for the things of God. And so we, if he can be that excited about a video game, we can be excited about the things of the Lord. Was where I would have taken that if you would have gotten to see it. Um, so the next thing that we can do is, my clicker has stopped clicking. There we go. We can, <laughs> we can sing praises about God. Sing praises about the majesty of his reputation. Give him the honor he deserves. So we're not told exactly what to sing to God. Um, because Psalm 66 in a, as a whole is a song of praise. And so if you look at what we sing, it's like what Jake was leading us in this morning. We were supposed to praise God because he's worthy. And so we sing these things and we're able to communicate with him in that way. And the last way that we can praise God is we can just speak to him. And we are actually given an example of what the, the psalmist wants us to say. He says, Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Because of your great power, your enemies cower in fear before you. All the earth worships you and sing praises to you. They sing praises to your name. So what's he doing here? He's, he's speaking out specific things that he likes about God, and he's telling them to God and how awesome it is. So the two things um, the psalmist is really excited about God doing is that his enemies cower before him. And so I can't relate with that one as much. Maybe that's something you're like, yeah, cower enemies. But um, I kind of relate more with the second one that he's praising God for is that all the earth worships him. Like, it's, it's something that he wants everyone to do. He says, all the, like, everyone praise God. That's what the goal is. But even now, there are people all over the world that are worshiping God, and that is something 
to be excited about and tell God that you're excited about. So we can praise God by communicating with him. And because God is so complex, he's, he's worthy of us communicating with him in a bunch of different ways. Um, so here's another picture of me and Ashley. Aww. You also take engagement photos several times, like when you actually get engaged and then you do it again for some reason. There's just a lot of repeat stuff with wedding planning. But this is our engagement photos, and I put this picture up here again because I want you to imagine if I only talked to Ashley right before I ate. That's the only time I had any kind of conversation with her. Or if I like only wrote notes to her in the morning as I drank my coffee, and I never actually talked to her. I just kind of wrote notes. Like, those would both be good things. Or if I, like, if I, I don't know, only came to her when I had problems and didn't talk to her for weeks at a time, but then something went wrong, and I'm like, hey, can you come fix this? Like, that would, that would be a problem if that was the only way. Those are all good things if they're done together. And the point is, if she's the most important human relationship in my life, but God is a far more important relationship in all of our lives. He should be, number one, the most important person for all of us. So if, if it'd be weird for us to communicate with our significant other in that way, it should also be weird to talk to God at just these different sporadic times. So what does your time with God look like? Do you just pray to him before you eat? Do you just journal in the morning to him? Are you only coming to him when things are wrong? Or can you have a variety of ways that you communicate with him? Like, go, go for a walk with God. Just tell him about your day. Don't even worry about asking for things or, or telling him what's wrong with your life. You'll probably get there. You'll probably ask for things and thank him for things along the way, but mix it up. Go into your room, shut the door, put in worship music and just worship and pray through songs with no other distractions and just connect with God. Have, have a variety because he's, he's worthy of it and it's a great way to interact with him. So we can praise God by communicating with him, but it's not the only way that we can praise him. We can also praise God by inviting others into what he's doing. So if you look at verse five, the psalmist invites you into what God's doing. He says, come and witness God's exploits. His acts on behalf of people are awesome. God is better praised when more people know him. And so one of the best ways to praise him is to invite people along and, and bring them with you into the things of God because we, we talk about what we're excited about. How many of you guys have seen Avengers Endgame? Anybody? Okay, like everybody. Good. Also, so when I saw this movie, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like one of the best movies I've ever seen. So that following week, everybody I talked to was like, oh my gosh, have you seen, have you seen Endgame yet? No? Okay, well, you need to see it, and we'll talk about it afterwards. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, can you believe that happened? And it was just, that's what everybody was doing in my life for that week following that movie. And Disney, Disney is so smart, because they knew we were going to be this excited about it, so much so that, please God, let this video be there. They did this. Don't spoil the end game. Don't do it. Don't spoil the end game. I'm watching you. Don't spoil the end game. I'm watching you. Seriously. Don't spoil the end game. 
They knew we were going to be so excited about it that they had to tell us, don't talk about it around people that haven't seen it yet. And uh, good news, you don't have to do that with the things of God. Spoiler alert, Jesus came back to life three days later. It's been 2,000 years. People should know by now. If they don't, go tell them. But you don't have to worry about that with God. But we should be, that, we should be as excited about Jesus coming back as we are about the Avengers Endgame happening. And this, I won't say anything else because there were a few that didn't raise your hand. But um, I won't spoil the Endgame. Um, but they had it. So another, another psalmist puts it this way. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the one who takes shelter in him. So beyond just inviting people to come to events and see what God is doing, you want people to invite people to experience God. Uh, more than just seeing, you want them to taste, to, to be a, all your senses, to know him, to feel him, to love him, to be about the things that he's about. And so we, we talk about the things that we value. And so if we, we talk about the things that we value, then we should talk about God if we value God. And we should inviting, be inviting people to the things of God if we're excited about them and, we're, and we value him. Um, there's probably a correlation between the two. There's probably also a correlation between how much you value other people and how much you invite them to be a part of what God is doing. Because if you are a believer in the resurrected Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, then you know, you know that the most life is going to be found here, right now, and forever when you are around God and you're around Jesus and you're doing the things of Jesus. So if you value people, invite, invite them in to what God is doing. And so, um, so sometimes, as a part of my job, I teach the Bible. And sometimes, as a part of my job, I pretend I am a rock band artist in front of Guitar Center. And um, so this is from Coach Group. Usually I'm not teaching on Sunday mornings. Usually I'm teaching on Sunday nights to a group of Bible study leaders. And so what we did to just have fun at the beginning of the semester was we did a scavenger hunt, where we would have to take different pictures around town doing different crazy things like this, and they were worth different amounts of points. And there was one thing on our scavenger hunt list that was worth potentially an infinite amount of points because you got a bonus point for every person who was not on your team that was dancing with you in front of Chewy's. So I ended up with this gym. <laughs> So I know absolutely none of those people, but they all danced with me in front of Chewy's. <laughs> and it was because I valued winning this competition that had no prize. That <laughs> I got bragging rights. We did win, by the way. So I did get that prize. But we valued that more than we were worried about it being awkward. If they were like, no, I don't want to do that. Or if they were awkward doing it, we had something that we valued more than whether or not it was going to be an awkward experience. And I think that kid, especially, did you see him? I think he was having fun. I think he was having much more fun doing that than waiting in line at Chewy's. But I, I think you can see, see the point, is that if, if we can invite people to dance with us in front of Chewy's, we can for sure invite them to other things that are going to bring them far more life than being in this video. Um, so invite others into what God is doing. But to be able to invite, you have to be involved. So like Allison was saying at the beginning of service, come back here for the rest of summer. Take that card, join the group me, and then give it away. Bring people along to what 
we're doing here, what you're doing here. And, you know, we'll be in this room, month of June. I'll be here, so if you really don't like this sermon, come back in July. Dylan will be teaching instead. And so come, invite people. Bring them along with you. And, or you can come to our Wednesday night Bible study. It's like Allison said, there's, there's going to be tables all in this room, and it's going to be multi-generational. We'll get to meet people from other campuses who are other ages in the month of June, and then we'll do something just college in here in the month of July. But come and be involved and bring people with you. And you might be thinking that, you know, the peop- thinking of people in your classes, and you're like, well, they're not, they're not going to want to come to a Bible study. They don't even want to come to church. Okay, come to volleyball. I, this Sunday, today, we are going to be at Veterans Park for the church picnic, and then at 6.30, college ministry is going to be there to play volleyball. But then for the rest of summer, we're going to be at Oaks Park playing volleyball at 6.30. So come. If, if your friends don't want to come to church and they don't want to come to Bible study, bring them to volleyball. It's such like a low bar. And they'll meet some of these awesome people in the room around you and make some friends, and they'll want to come back, and they'll want to be involved, and so they'll, they'll see what God is doing in y'all's lives. And so if you have these shared experiences with people, you'll, you'll start to see God move, and you'll be able to look back together. And as people know you better, they'll want to hear your experiences with God. And so that's the third way that we can praise God, by remembering moments when he has moved and looking back on those. So Psalm 66, 6 says, He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. Let us rejoice in him there. So what's happening here is he's pointing back to these two moments in Israel's history when God moved in a really big way. And so he, he's doing this in order so these people he's inviting. It's right following the invitation, come and see, because God's done these awesome things. And if you're, if you're not super versed in the Old Testament, these two things that he's pointing to, it's great, I'll explain it, don't worry about it, um, is the first one's the Red Sea crossing. When the, the Israelites came out of Egypt, they were these freed group of slaves and the king of Egypt let him go. They ended up against a sea, and the armies came after him. He changed his mind. And they're trapped. They can either go into the ocean and drown, or they can be killed by the soldiers coming, and this is what God does. Moses stretched out his hand toward the sea, and the Lord drove the sea apart by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land, and the water was divided. So the Israelites went through the middle of the sea on dry ground the water forming a wall on their right and on their left. So this is a really common example that Old Testament authors use to point to the faithfulness of God because it was, it was a really big display that was very obvious to the Egyptians and to the Israelites what God was doing. So they point back to this. And what happened, though, is those, those same Israelites that crossed through the sea that were praising God one second, the next they were complaining. And... Their, their praises turned to complaints, and they weren't happy. They wanted to go back to Egypt. They forgot the miracles of God. They weren't remembering what he'd done days before. And so they get to the border of the promised land, and God says it's theirs for the taking, and they don't want to go in. And so he says, fine. He honors their decision, and they wander around a desert wilderness for, for 40 years until that next generation is there, and they want to go in. And so these people who were kids or who were not born yet when the Red Sea divided, they come up 
to the Jordan River, and it's in flood. There's no way they're going to get across this river to the land that's on the other side, and they're probably doubting if what their parents told them about the Red Sea crossing was even true if they don't remember it, and God does this. This is Joshua three sixteen and 17. The waters coming downstream toward them stopped flowing. It piled up far upstream. The people crossed the river opposite Jericho. The priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan. All Israel crossed over on dry ground until the entire nation was on the other side. So God moved in a big way yet again, not necessarily to rescue the people from an army, but to validate that what they'd been told was true, to give them what they needed to to remember for them, for that generation to look back on and see the power of God and to know that Moses didn't go into the promised land with them, but Joshua did, and this validated him as their leader going forward. And so we we weren't at the... Oh, there's the other half of that verse, in case you're wondering. Um, so we, in the New Testament, the New Testament authors don't, don't really look back at the Red Sea crossing or the Jordan River crossing as much as they look back at another event, um, which is that God became a man. And he came down and he lived a life that we couldn't live because we were all like that generation of Israel that wouldn't do what God said and go into the land. We'd all fallen short. And so God came to do it himself to make a way for us. And he lived the life that we couldn't live. And he died the death that we deserved. And like I spoiled earlier, he raised again three days later so that all who had put their faith in him could experience the life and the love that God offers. That we could walk in this new life with Jesus. And so all of us who have put our faith in Jesus, that's our story. That is our Red Sea crossing that we can point back to where we went from death to life before our eyes and there was change in our lives. And if you've you've been a Christian very long, you probably have some other big moments in your life that you can look back on where you've seen the Lord move, your own own examples of what God has done. In my my own life, um, when I was a freshman, I... um, I was at Breakaway one night, and I just felt, I'd I'd been to Breakaway a lot that semester, it was like halfway through the semester, but I just felt the presence of the Lord like I I really hadn't before. And uh, I remember telling him something that surprised me (laughs) as I said it, and I've never been in that situation, but I was just praying over and over on repeat that night, Lord, don't let me walk out of this place the same way I walked in. Because about my sophomore year of high school, um, up until my sophomore year of high school, I'd kind of been your good Christian kid, done the right things, went to church, and um, I just started making decisions that didn't really line up with what I believed. And those kind of transitioned into the beginning of college, and I, I was just there that night realizing how great the things of God were and what I was missing out on and what I was trading it for. And I'm like, God, I need to change and so I said goodbye to my friends. Usually we walk back to our dorms together. I just went off by myself to just speak with God because um, he was doing something inside of me. And I ended up at this spot. I was just some random part of campus to freshman me. I was actually really close to my dorm. I just didn't realize it because I was bad at campus still. Um, and I, I remember I, I, I looked up and I was underneath this tree. 
and there was this branch that grew outward, and then there was this shape kind of like an upside down U, and then it kept going up. And just in that moment, I just felt God's presence, and I knew he was showing me that that branch was my life, that I had been going up, but then there had been this season where I was, where I was curved away. And he, he, somehow it was clear to me that that spot where he was curving back, how he, just how he'd curved that tree, it was going to grow back, and there was a promise that I would continue up. And um, it, it also just struck me in that moment that that tree had probably been an acorn about the same time I had been born. And that for all of these years of my life, God had been shaping that tree so he could show it to me in that moment. And I was just struck by the enormity of it all, like how sovereign God was and how much he loved me and how he was meeting me in with his spirit and he was shaping trees and he was bringing me to these places and I I wanted to be curved back. <laughs> and I, I wanted to be about the things of God and to, and to stop being half in. And that's one of those moments. There's been many since then of these times when I'm like, I know God has moved in my life and I've seen it beyond a shadow of a doubt. And so when those times of doubt do come, when I am in a hard situation and I doubt if he's real or I doubt if he's good, I, can, I have these things, my Red Sea crossing moments I can point back to and remember and share and share to invite people into when I, when I want them to experience what I've gotten to experience. I, I tell these stories to myself and to others to remember what God has done. And, and that's a way that we can praise him. We can, we can praise God by remembering these personal moments when he's moved and telling him about them and telling ourselves about them and telling others about them. And so, so what are moments in your life? when you've seen God move in those ways. Whatever they are, I, I guarantee God has written a bunch of different stories if you, if you sit and you think and you find them in your own life. And so remember those stories. Remind yourself of those short stories. Share those stories with other people as you invite them in to what God is doing. Because you can use these stories that God has written in your life to praise him. And so, everyone praise the Lord. That's what the Psalm 66 is trying to get across. And the author explains how we do that. We do that by communicating with God in a variety of ways. Mix it up. He's, he's worth the variety, just like a fiancé would be, that you would talk to him in these different ways. And, and then be excited about the things of God when you communicate with him. Just like you could be excited about a Nintendo 64 video that we didn't get to see, you know? Um, so be excited about the things of God and invite, invite others into what he's doing. Because we, the things we value and the things we're excited about are going to be the things that we talk about. So if we value and are excited about God and people, we're going to try to bring them together. And we're going to invite. So come, come here. Keep coming here on Sunday mornings. Bring your friends with you. Come to Wednesday night Bible study, same room. Meet people of all generations from all campuses of our church and, and find community and come play volleyball with us. Bring, that's such a low hurdle to invite your classmates to, invite your roommates to and introduce them to the body of Christ that's here in town this summer. And lastly, remember how the Lord has moved. Those, those big wedding day moments that you can invite people to remember and invite people 
into and to have those stories ready to share with others. So what we're going to do is, before we close today, we're going to take five minutes, and you're going to meet someone around you. And you're going to take five minutes to just know that person and then share with them a way in your life that God has moved. One of those times. So whichever one of you can think of it first, just share it with them. In five minutes, I'll pray. And then after that, the band can come back up. So go ahead, make a friend, and tell them how God's moved. Well, Lord, we thank you for this time this morning. We thank you for the ways that you have moved in our lives. We thank you for these stories that you have given us. God, we pray that in these coming weeks of summer that we would communicate with you in a variety of ways, that we'd be able to better praise you in our times with you and throughout our days. And Lord, we pray that we would invite others. We'd be involved so that we could invite and bring people in and connect them with your body and with your family that's here. And Lord, and I pray that we just remember We'd remember the things you have done and we'd be quick to tell those stories to one another, to ourselves and to you as we praise you and to others as we invite them in to what you're doing. So Lord, I just pray that you will, that you will use this time that we, that we will walk out of here changed in some way, that there's something that, you can, that each of us can take with us and, and better live out loving you and serving you, Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.